Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Little Less Conversation. Before we get into today's episode, we just want to say rest in peace to Gerard Houllier, one of Liverpool's most iconic managers throughout the Premier League era. On today's episode, we're going to discuss Everton versus Chelsea, Arsenal versus Burnley and the rest of the Premier League games. In honour of our 10th episode, we're also going to discuss the best number 10s to have played in the Premier League. So, Ricky, a bit of a bit of a surprise loss for you guys. Yeah, I don't know about a surprise loss. I think Everton always a bit of Everton away is always a bit of a bogey game for us, really. Um, so I wasn't surprised in the end end result, but obviously very disappointing. I feel like we should have really come away with more, but the team just didn't just went at it really. Just a real lackluster performance. I think the only positive was Reese James. He's the only one that looked on it. Everyone else was just poor and just not there. I know we, we hit the post a few times, but just not good enough to win the game, man, and uh, probably deserved to lose. Would you say? Uh, Ancelotti tactically outclassed him. I don't think it was a tactical outclass or anything like that. Um, we had chances. We just looked off the pace. I don't know whether it's because we played midweek as well, Champions League. But I mean, a lot of the players were rested for that anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no real excuse. And, you know, just they just didn't look on it. I, I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe you, you get those games during a season where you know, you're hitting such high standards. You're, you're bound to have one where you just drop off a bit. It's more so how they react to the next game now against Wolves on Tuesday. It's a big game, Wolves away. If we don't get a result there, then... And all of a sudden, such a good start to the season is going to be like, oh, hold on a second, Chelsea are, are faltering, they're not doing as well, and questions will be asked. But that's that's how the season's gone so far for everyone. I feel like it's been very up and down. There's no one team running away with it. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I mean, it's a bit inconsistent, I guess. Uh, and uh, I mean, also, do you expect that? You know, given that it's quite a new squad. Um, and you know it's not just going to gel just like that straight away yeah I think so and you could tell like Ziyech is out was out uh, Pulisic wasn't there either and just not having a natural winger on the right hand side was just you could just tell that it, there was, it was an issue there uh, everything was coming through James on the right but normally Ziyech is there to support him and they, they have a really good sort of chemistry going on and it just didn't happen I mean I think he tried Havertz out wide and it just wasn't happening hmm. you know and Havertz again he's getting a lot of stick but you know he needs time to adapt he's only 21 years old and he looked a bit lost in that game he did but he's also just come back from Corona as well and that does take it out of you so it's going to take time for him to get his fitness back up and actually find some form because it's been a bit of a, a slow start for him to the season and you know he was just thrown straight in from the off no real preseason, none of that mm. and it's yeah I think Oli Giroud's had such a good few weeks that a lot of, of the our sort of attacking threat has been pinned on him and it's like oh the goal should be coming from Giroud but you know, he had a quiet game against Everton. He had a couple of chances, half chances that he didn't really take. And you've got to think Lampard needs to start maybe using like the likes of Abraham a bit. You know, he might bring him something a bit more fresh to the team. That's that's my only problem I find with Lampard is he makes his substitution so late in the game. Like he waits till the 70th plus minutes like to to get a sub on, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Like bring him on earlier, you can see things aren't working. You can see you need something to change. Bring on a sub around the 60th minute, even if you've got to do 55th minute. Bring him on. You know or half time you know Mourinho used to do that back in the day he still does you know if he's not happy he'll, he'll 
change it up yeah, and make things happen. Time. Yeah, you've got to take chances, and you might piss off a few players, but at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for the team. And if something's not working, switch it up, man. Switch it up. Mm. I mean, the only the only positive of that for for an Arsenal fan is that you know Mendy's not kept another clean sheet, which is good. It's good to see you, you know slide down the table a bit. Well, again, we lost the game because of a mistake. The thing with that is you want no, you don't want any mistakes to be made, but you're going to get the odd mistake here and there. And providing it doesn't become a regular thing, because he did something similar against Leeds as well, where he's just very rash and just comes running out, charging out. And this time it's with Calvert-Lewin, he just wiped him out. It's, it's so unnecessary because Calvert-Lewin wasn't really going anywhere and he didn't need to do that. He could have just stayed in his goal and let the defender sort of come across and cover it or whatever. But I don't know, I just hope it's not something that's a regular occurrence and he sort of gets that out of his game quickly. Um, otherwise, he's going to undo all of his hard work, all these clean sheets, all these good saves, going to be undone by these silly little mistakes. I saw a, um, I saw a tweet that I think Czech's playing in one of your reserve games, so uh, maybe he's prepping Czech just in case uh, he needs to drop Mendy. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Czech playing in the development squad. Uh, so that, that should be interesting and it'll be good to see how he does. But again, I think if he ever did come back into the main main squad, I don't think he'd be quite on it, to be honest with you. I think he's too old and probably been out of the game for a bit too long now. Uh, but we'd have to wait and see. You never know. You never know. We might need him to come in because can't rely on Kepa. And mm. um, I think it was just a minor blip. And yeah, we just got to bounce back against Wolves and, and get back on track, really. It's, it's just a positive thing is uh, Spurs and Liverpool both drop points as well. So we're still not a million miles away off the top. So, yeah. Well, we weren't the only team to be on the, the wrong end of a 1-0 defeat. Might be a bit sore still, but I know Arsenal lost to Burnley at home 1-0. What's that, four in a row at home that you've lost now? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I, don't, I don't really know where to start. It's just, it's ridiculous. You know, the way yeah, I felt yesterday was, uh, you know, I've, I've never, ever felt like that before. You know, when you watch Arsenal, you know, there's so many downs that we've had over the last 10 years. Like yesterday, I just, I don't know, something else hit me there. I was like... Yeah, that does, there doesn't seem to be any improvement um, week on week it seems to if anything be getting worse and I know before before this weekend's game I joked about you know Burnley beating you lot and this being being a six point game and the reality is it well well and truly could be a six point game in terms of relegation battle because you guys are, are languishing down below at the bottom of the table yeah we are and we we look we're five points off relegation and uh, and we look what we're we're mid-December already this is is not is not looking good um, you know I mean that being said you know three two three wins on the back you know you'll be up there mid-table again but it, it is not looking good in terms of in terms of the way the team set up the way that we're playing I mean I look I'm, I'm even on the on the previous pod I've always backed Arteta I think it's way too early to say Arteta out and I know a lot of fans have started to, to turn um, I, I, I think the problem the problem is you know look he won the FA Cup last last season you know you win you win a cup and you want to see an improvement and we just haven't seen that and I think that's the main reason, you know, that fans are just starting to get really, really fed up now is there's no improvement in the team. There's no identity of how we play football. It's it's literally crossing, hopeless crossing in the box. And, you know, what this is what got me against Burnley. Burnley, wouldn't you say, are one of the most physical teams in the Premier League? Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I don't understand is why the tactics aren't changing. And maybe he just doesn't know what he's doing, Arteta. I don't know. I know you said, oh, maybe it's too early to say Arteta out. I think I'm going to have to disagree with you and say, now's the time to get rid of him. If you leave it any longer, it's just going to get worse. And you can tell that the players aren't aren't really with him. 
and they're not playing for the, the manager by the looks of it. And, you know, he's publicly calling out players for red cards and stuff. And there's a lot of, of talk that there's internal issues going on between the players and the manager. And when that starts to happen, that's when the cracks really start to appear. And I think being a Chelsea fan, we've seen that a lot over the years, you know, with managers falling out with players and the, the boards come in quickly and just gone, sorry, you're, you're out. And they're getting somebody into, on the interim uh, just to, you know, sort things out. And, and nine out of ten times, we end up having a decent season and recovering somewhat. And I think that's the situation you lot are going to find yourself in, and you need to start doing something about it, really, because it's just just not working. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned crosses, though. I must say, what a finish from Aubameyang! <laughs> uh, shame, it's just at the wrong end. Listen, uh, he couldn't get on the on on ahead on any of the crosses that Tierney was putting in the box, but somehow he's gotten ahead of that. But listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault Aubameyang because there's, there's literally, I mean, you know, Aubameyang plays. You know, he's, he hasn't scored. You know, what's he scored? Something like 90 goals over the last three seasons. Um, you know, he's not scored those by by taking out headers you know he's just playing in behind defenses running at players you know he's a great finisher and for some reason we decided just to change it up and think right you think like he's he's some sort of peter crouch where you can just hopeless cross in the box every fucking game and then you know he'll get on the end of it but uh you know i, I feel i feel a bit sorry for him but also you know the, the players are, aren't, aren't the players are just not good enough so you know you get rid of arteta and and you know you have another manager and with the same players but I, I, again, I, I go back on that as well and say some of the questions, and I said it last. I think I said it on last week's pod. That, you know, some of his man management skills is just, is just doesn't he doesn't help himself. You know. Uh, Xhaka, I don't know if you remember this. Um, just before Arteta came in, Xhaka was so close to leaving Arsenal. He had a, you know, you know when he, he swore at the fans and he, he left the stadium. Yeah, he yeah. literally thought he would never play again. He had a fee agreed with like Hertha Berlin. Arteta ended up making him stay, and then he's done the opposite. He's got rid of like you know one of our best youngsters in Guendouzi, shipped him off. You know he freezes at Özil, who's your only creative spark. And you know we we literally last season we bought one of the best young French defenders in Saliba, and you know. He's just frozen him out as well so you know it just it doesn't add up and it doesn't you know I don't know if I feel that there may maybe some arrogance here or you know there was a I think there was an article saying that some of these signings were all Emery signings so I yeah, don't know what yeah. to do with it but you know if you look at somebody like Saliba he was like voted you know one of the best young French players and you know his partner was you know Fafana who plays Leicester and he, he's, he's solid there do you know what I mean he's he's uh you know he's coming and for some reason Arteta said oh Saliba's not ready uh, fair enough I mean with Saliba like you said, he was an Emery signing, so maybe Arteta doesn't want him, you know, and that, that happens when new managers come in. But I guess you've got to work with what you've got. And I don't think he's using his squad to the best of his, of, of what he could be doing with it. And by freezing out some of the big names and some of the big personalities, clearly causing a rift within the squad. Do you find that there's a discipline problem with, with your players? I mean, you had Pepe, you've had Xhaka now. I know Saliba got sent off for the development squad or the under 21s, whatever it was. Yeah. Is I there think, a discipline I mean, problem? I don't. I don't think it's a discipline problem. I think I, I, can't, I can't condone what Jack had done because he's just an idiot. You know, he's done it when we were on top as well. All the fans are just, you know, we, we didn't like him before anyway. We suddenly, you know, we think, all right, look, we've got to get behind him. We've got behind him. And he does stupid things like this constantly. And, you know, he's, he's just testing my patience, really. I, I just, I'd rather, I just want him to go. I don't want to play. I don't want to see him in Arsenal show ever again. Fair enough. I don't blame you. He's, he's shit anyway. So. He is, he is. Um, I mean, that's the problem, you know, that we have so many, you know, players that are not good enough. I'm just, uh, you know, out of that 11 that started yesterday against Burnley, Bellerin, not good enough, you know, holding, 
you know, he's he's average. He's not good enough. El Nenny, Xhaka, just not good enough. Lacazette, the same. Willian, oh fuck, I don't even know where to start with Willian either. Um, <laughs> you keep, you know, I, when I when we signed him, I thought, all right, it's going to be a good signing, and you trumped me and you said, no, wait, just wait and see. I think uh, I think you were right. I think you were right. <laughs> I, I warned you. Look, I warned you. He is mm. frustrating me. He's, he's just. I don't know what he does. I don't know what he contributes to the game. I mean, you're, you're getting Willian at the end of his career, basically. Uh, and I mean, players like, like you said, El Nene, Bellerin, Holding, they're all just average and they'll have the odd good game here and there, don't get me wrong. But then the majority of the time, they're just not doing it. And, and you need a squad overhaul. That's going to take some time. But the real question is, is Arteta the right man to, to rebuild that squad if you give him a chance? Would you be willing to risk a decent league position just to, to, to get anywhere with him, basically? You'd have to endure quite a bit I think for the rest of the season yeah, I don't think I you'll think, get relegated uh, but I don't think you'll be finishing high up in the table I don't know I mean I, I, I know look we've got Southampton coming up we've got Chelsea in, in two weeks and you know I don't see us winning against Southampton uh, I don't see us winning against Chelsea so you know that's two more games and two more defeats I don't know I, I, yeah, it's been a bit of a downer episode this week for both of us, both taking an L. But yeah, hopefully next week both teams bounce back and uh, build up some form for the, the London derby in the, on Boxing Day, the big one. Oh, I'm just not looking forward to that. Just thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's let's move on and let's quickly just round up the rest of Premier League games from the weekend. Uh, we'll we'll start with um, Leeds West Ham. It's two one West Ham. Good away win and another good win for David Moyes. You know, Suchek again. He's he's scoring this season, isn't he? He is, he is. He's a, he's a good one for the fantasy football players out there. So, yeah. Next up, we had Wolves Villa, and that one ended with a with a Villa win, one nil away from home at Wolves. I mean, if Wolves, can, if uh, sorry, Villa can beat Wolves away from home, I'm sure Chelsea can do it on Tuesday. So I was happy to see that. Yeah, you say that, but I bet they turn up against Chelsea. I love it for them to do it as well, actually. Yeah, they probably will, unfortunately. But yeah, it's good good win for Villa, and you know, I think they needed to get back to winning ways. So yeah, Newcastle West Brom. The um, was that the other game on? Saturday. Yeah, it was, and uh, Newcastle got the win, 2-1, uh, as expected, really. I think we both predicted a Newcastle win. Uh, West Brom, a bit unlucky, um, but yeah, I can't see their form getting any better. I think they're going to end up going down. The um, the bore of the derbies, Manchester, the Manchester derby. Oh, man. Let's, let's, do you know what? Let's not even talk about it. It was such a boring, boring game. Uh, put me to sleep, man. Let's move on. Uh, Southampton, uh, Sheffield. Yeah, that was, that was a, again, routine victory for Southampton, 3-0. Sheffield United again in trouble, man. Big trouble there. What have they still got one point this season? Yeah, I think it is only one point. It's not looking good for Sheffield, you're right. It's not looking good for them at all. And, and you know, one point from 12 games that is just shocking. Yeah, I mean, I like Chris Wilder, but I think he's, I don't know if he's out of his depth or, or something. It's just something's gone wrong, really, this season. Yeah, something's not quite right. I think your only saving grace is that there might be four or five teams that are going to do worse than Arsenal this season. So you might, <laughs> you might get lucky. Tell my man, shut up. Shut up. Mention my name in your tweets. Arubai, shut up. Shut up. Next up, we had uh, Crystal Palace against Tottenham. Mm. And, well, to my surprise, Palace got a draw. It was a one-all draw. I thought Spurs were going to nick this one. And uh, we saw some good performances from the likes of uh, Eberichi Eze and then, you know... Zahar as well, Benteke. Zahar. Yeah, Palace put in a good shift there. And then Gaeta with, with a man-of-the-match performance, really, oh, after making it. Yeah. yeah. He made yeah. a mistake in the, for the goal and then made some ridiculous saves in the, in the... Well, after that, really. So, yeah. The other one I was surprised about was the, um, the Fulham-Liverpool result as well. No, another one-all draw. Uh, Fulham were really good. I w- watched that game thinking, you know, this is going to be a, a 
Liverpool drumming, yeah, they're going to absolutely batter them. And, and Fulham played really well. And part of me felt, felt sorry for them, the fact that they, they only came away with a point. I felt like they could have taken a few more, mm. a couple more points if it wasn't for Alisson with, with some good saves. Salah with a pen? Yeah, again, the pen was a bit... It was like handball in the wall from a free kick bit. Yeah, I think hey, yeah, it is what it is. only the big teams get those ones. Yeah, I think that's what they just say now. It's just if you've got a free kick, just smash it straight at the wall, and if it hits a hand, it's a penalty. That's the new tactic by the looks of it. Last but not least, Leicester Leicester versus Brighton, uh, convincing three 0 win. Uh, I think it was a first half blitz from Leicester, Madison tearing things up, and yeah, good win for them. Yeah, I was going to say Madison running the show again. Yeah, seemingly getting back to his best. So, in honour of our 10th episode, we thought we would discuss the, the greatest Premier League number 10s. Well, in, at least in our eyes, anyway. Amar, who's your favourite and why? I think it goes without saying, Rick. Um, Dennis Burkamp, number 10. Um, one of the greatest, greatest Arsenal players. Um, I think probably one of the Premier League greatest players as well. Um, just a pure, silky Dutchman. He was, uh, you know assists, goals, you know, he had everything, you know, just, he wasn't the quickest, but I'm telling you what, he could see a pass from, you could, I think you could probably, you could probably close his eyes and make a beautiful through ball. Um, yeah, he's a very, very classy player he was, and uh, he scored probably some of the most famous goals of, of that generation as well. The one that springs to mind most is the one against Newcastle, where he did that little pirouette. It's Burkamp! Magnificent! The moves, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Oh, what a beautiful, the flick just behind a player, turns around, oh, majestic. He won, what, three Premier Leagues, four FA Cups, um, and also I think he, he, especially for Arsenal at the time, he changed the way he played football, so in my eyes, um, Dennis Burkamp, number 10, probably the greatest 10 in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a good, good shout, good shout. Obviously, I'm going to have to go against it, and then oh, I thought you were going to agree up. for a second. Nah, nah, I can't be agreeing with you. If you were in the top half of the table, might have, might have had something to agree on, but nah, sorry. I'm going to have to go with uh, probably one of Chelsea's best number tens, and that that's been Eden Hazard over the years, more more recent times, I should say. And I know he didn't play necessarily in the more the more conventional number ten role which people associate it with. But, you know, he was something else, just a class above anyone else on the pitch. And uh, the, the goals he scored, I mean, he's won titles with us over the years and incredible skill and, and flair. And he scored some crackers against Arsenal as well in the past where he's run through your whole team. Honestly, I, I'll never forget when, uh, I think it was the season before he, he went to Chelsea and uh, Arsenal Wenger had the chance to sign him or Jovino. For some reason, he chose Jovino. Fucking me, I don't know why. But anyway, yeah, our, our Arsenal players and hairlines, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> We've all got mad hairlines. But but yeah, no, I think it's got to be Eden Hazard, man. He's, he's he left us at the top of on the top of his game, and I know things haven't quite worked out for him at Madrid with injuries and stuff. But you know, he used to play on the left, but he would always float into that little pocket just behind the the, the, the striker and and just pull out you know absolute magic and. Yeah, he's left his mark on the Premier League and left his mark on on every Chelsea fan, I think, across across the world. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he's a good player. I wouldn't go down and put him down as a Premier League legend, but I think he was. A, he probably is a club legend for you. He's definitely a Premier League legend. Definitely a Premier League legend, without a doubt. 
or he will be once he retires anyway. He's still going strong, so still got a few years left. Yeah, he needs to pack off those pounds a bit, but he can, yeah. He needs to sort out his injuries, yeah? and then he, he needs to come back to Chelsea. Should never have left, but hey. Are there yeah. any other people, any other players that spring to mind in that number 10 role that, you know, not necessarily Arsenal players, any other, other players from other clubs that, that, that you liked over the years? Yeah, I mean, um, one of your old boys, Kevin De Bruyne. I know he's not a, uh, a literally a number 10. I think he's the number 17 or something. But, I mean, <laughs> 10 what, plus 7, what? yeah. Very good. <laughs> Boom. 2 plus 2 is 4. Minus 1, that's 3. Quick maths. He plays like a 10 plus 7, to be fair. Um, he does. He does. <laughs> I, think, I think that's a very good shout. He's, he makes things happen. And, and, you know, even just looking at the game against United on the weekend, he was, even though nothing really happened in that match, there were a couple of occasions where he was seeing passes that nobody else was seeing, like no look through balls. And uh, yeah, he's just insane, the stuff that he does. Uh, he really carries that team, you feel, that Man City team. Absolutely. I think there was um, a couple of seasons ago when he was injured for quite a bit and you could see how much they missed him. And when he came back in it, he was just, you know, he takes him to a different level. I think he would take any team to a different level. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely the best midfielder in that role in the world right now, I'd say. I don't think there's there's anyone quite there. No, maybe no. maybe Bruno Fernandez if he plays no, in that no, role. But no, we can't be having Bruno Fernandez uh, mentions after half a season of of theatrics. But okay, I mean I mean at the moment I mean at the moment currently oh, in world oh. football not not in this debate. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck Fernandez. Sorry. Uh, is there any other players that you that? Um, I've got to say, it's a bit of a, a random one, but uh, Dimitri Payet is, is one that I used to like to watch and at West Ham. And I know he didn't, he didn't stay for very long and you know, he, he probably could have stayed here in the Premier League for a bit longer with West Ham and been a bit more, more successful with them. And you know, money, money came calling and you know, he wanted to go back to France and what, whatnot. But some of the things that he did for West Ham were unreal. Some of the goals he scored, the free kicks, Free kicks. Uh, I, I just whenever I think of Pyatt, I just think of beautiful free kicks going in. Yeah, he was he was that sort of player in that role that you know was was, was a joy to watch when he when he played for West Ham. But, but yeah, that's not that's a big shout. Um, I I reckon I know you know he, I mean he wasn't he did when he was at Liverpool Coutinho. I know he's not very good at the moment, but you know Coutinho at Liverpool was was a good number ten. Um, yeah, I mean you look how much that Barcelona paid for him. I mean, his, the way he was playing justified that, that amount of money at the time. Think, it's a shame yeah. it, it hasn't really worked for him since moving. But yeah, he was, he was really good, really influential in that role at Liverpool. Yeah, I think a bit like, yeah, you're right, a bit like De Bruyne, you know, when, um, you know, without, without uh, Coutinho at Liverpool, you know, they looked a bit lost at the time. And, you know, he does bring a different dimension. Um, I don't think he was worth 150 mil or whatever it was. But, you know. Shut up and take my money. I think there's there's one more player that I probably can't get away without mentioning, and that's that's Wayne Rooney. He played in that sort of number ten role, and he did it so well for so many years. Even when he was a teenager, he was you know banging in some screamers and making things happen. He was such a important figure throughout Man United's history. Not necessarily one that I want to shout out, but yeah, so I think he's he's a good player. Um, I was thinking about saying that it's not one one name that I like to bring up because uh, Wayne really terrorised us for years, um, and it all started even when he was eighteen at Everton and he scored a screamer against Arsenal. Ramos forward, 
Rooney, instant control. That's his chances. Oh, a brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, what a good number ten. Is he is he still playing now, or is he a manager? I'm I'm a bit confused. I think he's kind of a player manager at Derby, so I think he's interim manager at the moment, but I think he'll retire from football if they give him the job permanently. Yeah, not bad, not bad. He's a, yeah, yeah, Premier League great. I think, um, I think you missed the most important one off the list, Ricky. Who's that? William Gallas, number 10. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend, eh? Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, you name it, he's done it. And listen, I want to know who in their right mind gave him number fucking 10 at Arsenal. Why would you give a centre-back number 10? Man, that says a lot about your club, to be honest. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, I just can't believe it. Whenever I think of Gallas, all I think of is him crying with his hands in his, in his head on the pitch. I was going to say, that has to be my best memory of Gallas at, at Arsenal, is him just sulking on the halfway line and not going into the, the dressing room. What, what a shit captain. I don't understand that, because he was never like that at Chelsea. I'm know. telling you, it's your club. It's your club. Your club needs some major overhauls. Well, a club makes players depressed. <laughs> <laughs> makes your fans depressed as well, by the sounds of it. It does. It does. So what we're going to do is, guys, we're going to put a poll out on Twitter and give you guys a chance to vote for your favourite number 10 in the Premier League era. And get voting, get commenting, give us your thoughts. Let's get a debate going. And yeah, we'll announce the winner on next week's episode. Before we wrap up, just a quick update, guys, on our predictions head-to-head, mine versus Ricky's. He's uh, still in the lead now from last week with 13 points, and I'm on 12. We'll predict next week's fixtures, and we'll put them on our Twitter page. Feel free to have a browse, and, uh, you know, Rick, I'm going to come back in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get used to it, boss. You're going to be getting relegated from the Premier League and relegated from this podcast as well. Thanks for listening, guys. Give us a follow on Twitter at LittlenessPod. Give this episode a like, a share, and make sure you follow us on all our socials. Share, like, and subscribe. (laughs) Until next time. Bye, Felicia.